Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you... Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I'm one half of your presenting juror. I'm Stu Whiffin. Joining me always from his uh, camp, from his like little kind of fault uh, in his hotel room, Blake Harrison. Hello. <laughs> How are you, mate? You're right. You've got a proper camp made out of sheets. <laughs> so the last time we did a recording in Belfast, I felt like it was really um, like echoey. So hopefully yeah. the quality of this will be way better because I have got like three chairs next to my bed. I've got all my bedding like over the chair. Basically, I have made a fort like what you would do mm. with the kids and stuff. And I'm not going to lie. I feel fucking great. Feels yeah. fantastic. I, I mean, safe. you're wearing a suit of armour as well, which looks incredible in your fault, mate. I know. I couldn't fit the shield and the sword in, but, you know, <laughs> I've kept those outside just in case. So are you still in Belfast filming then? Yeah, yeah. I've also just, like, poured water around myself, so it feels like I've got a moat around me as well. Good idea. Yeah. Good idea. No, yeah, still, <laughs> still filming, mate. <laughs> the thing is, sometimes on these filming jobs, you can get quite bored when you're not yeah. working, and you, maybe you would make a fort and a moat. You know, th- th- things happen. What, mean, happens, get, what happens on the job stays on the job. We'll definitely get a little screenshot of it and put it on a social so you can see uh, Blake's camp. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. <laughs> um, um, well, we're going to do a little sort of bespoke episode today um, that is probably a little bit different to, to a lot of the previous ones. We've not got guests today and we're not necessarily looking back over an event. We thought there's been so many incredible KOs uh, in, in recent times, and, and, and I've, I've ended up looking way further back as well for this episode. So we just thought, why don't me and Blake discuss our favourite five KOs? And we've already had a sort of chat briefly when we've just jumped on this call to go, have you got yours in order? Like, have you gone from five to one? And, like, and I've loosely done that. Okay. You not so much, right? Well, do you know what? I think I might try and do it on the fly while we're here, which I might regret, but I'll do it. But also, I haven't even really got a five because I've got, hang on, I've got, I've got a sort of maybe three or four that I'm like, they have to be in. But I've yeah. got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven <laughs> that are on my, like, short list. 
Right, well, let's do it like this then, right? So I've got five, but I've also got some honourable mentions, which we yeah, won't do yeah. a deep dive on. So we'll get no. them out of the way at the end, all right? All right, we'll, honourable we'll mentions the at the ones. end. Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. All right, all right let's do so should, should we start with what we're going to try and put at number five, which is where I'm really struggling. So you go first, and I'm going to have to make a decision. And we're doing that five to one, one being the best one, right? Yeah, go on then. I'm nervous. <laughs> The pressure's got to you already, it's mate. It really has. The fort hasn't <laughs> held up well at all. <laughs> the enemy's at the gates. <laughs> um, all right, well, I'm going to start um, with my number five, and I'm going to go um, back to UFC 154, um, George St. Pierre versus Carlos Condit uh, in 2012. And it was at the time when and it's the, the the fight is um Johnny Hendricks versus Martin Campman uh and i remember watching big rig back then and being so excited as to his kind of title contention you know he was racing up the ranks and he was looking terrifying and it was that left hand i think it might have been the fight before that or maybe two before the Campman fight he starts John Fitch with that left hand and it just got everybody talking about the power in, uh, in Big Rig's left. And then that Campman, oh my God. I mean, it's on lots of the UFC highlight reels. You see it quite regularly because he basically, the, the, the thing, because I've got a multiple different sort of criteria for this five as well. So I should just yeah. sort of touch on that as well. I've yeah. got ones that are just like literally one punch KO, oh my God. And I've also got, Ones where there's like real backstory and beef, and it, you get the payoff. Yeah. And then I've got like, oh my god, no one predicted that. So I've got a yeah. multitude. It's so hard, same? isn't it? Yeah, it's sort of like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, and I'm tossing and turning. Like literally, my number five. I think I've whittled it. I've still not picked it yet. <laughs> but I'm like, do I go for? Oh my god, wow! What did I just witness? Like you yeah. can't see that in any other sport. Yeah. Or do I go with something that shook up the world type yeah. thing? You know, those, those moments where you're like, yes, it was a great knockout, but it was the implications of the knockout yeah. and what was happening beforehand, as you said, that's so integral on the biggest stage and the biggest yeah. fights, all that kind of thing. So, yeah, that's, I, that's where I'm at at the moment. But that Campman KO, he just catches him with this absolutely incredible left hand and... He's almost in like a seated position, Campman, in midair. And he just shoots across the canvas, like up against the fence. It's like, it's, it, it literally like looks like he's been knocked across the octagon. And it was just a beautiful shot. I remember being a huge fan of Johnny Hendricks. And, and you know, and I was, his career took a, a he was one of them fighters that yeah. when he had a loss, they just kept coming. And it was like a, a rapid sort of downfall, but the, the the journey up, he was a very exciting fighter to watch and to see yeah. him use that left hand uh, and, and no no more so than on this uh, Martin Campman KO, which is at number five for me. Good one. Good one. All right. All right. Um, Look, right, people I'm... say that I'm on the fence. Get off the fucking fence. Come on, say one. Yeah, all right, all right, all right. I'm going for this one. Because also, I'll tell you what sort of swayed me is also I want a bit of diversity and representation uh, in terms of gender. I, um, I'm, I'm choosing the one 
that was more impactful in terms of its implications to what happened with MMA in general um, and not going for the one that was just a, just a delight for the eyes. Um, I know what you're going to say. So my number five is going to be Holly Holm, Ronda Rousey. That's my number one. Is it? Oh, it nearly didn't even make my top five. Oh, that's interesting. So, all right. So, the, leading up to that fight, Ronda Rousey had taken out, like, four opponents inside a combined, like, two and a half minutes or something like that. It was absolutely mental what she did to, like, Betch Kohea, Kat Zingano, and I can't remember who else was, was on that list. Again, I've, Everyone. I've, everyone was on the list. Um... But it was so impressive what she did. It was so impressive. Now, coming into the home fight, everyone was talking about, like, Ronda's just going to walk through her, this, that, and the other, blah, blah. And I remember thinking at the time, I was like, hang on, Holmes, like, got all these amazing boxing and kickboxing credentials. Yes, if Ronda gets hold of her, it's going to be a potential problem. But Ronda seemed to go in with a dodgy game plan. So I don't know if the Betchko Heyer fight was the one prior to the Holly home fight again I haven't done my research into this but she won with the strikes and I felt like maybe she was falling in love with her hands and believing in her hands too much when what she really should have done is stuck with the judo you know Olymp- Olympian in, in judo bronze medalist um, she should have stuck with that especially against an elite level striker like Holly Home. the likes you of don't, which- you don't box Holly Home. You don't box Holly Holm. Well, I mean, I suppose there's, there's a couple of people that maybe could now. I mean, friggin' Amanda Nunes. I mean, mm. Jesus Christ, what she did to Holly Holm. She Holly Holmed Holly Holm. And, um, and Ronda Rousey. Uh, yeah. Um, but again, but, but, but that's the other thing about this fight. What Holm did to Rousey, Rousey never recovered from. Yeah, 100%. That was it. After that moment, Rousey Taking was never Taking nothing away from Nunes, again. though. Like, Nunes... Lit her up different level as well. Yeah, but it, it, uh, I, I am going to take something The myth away from had it. been dispelled, hadn't the it? The myth it was... had been dispelled. She was not. This, I mean, before that, also, she transcended the sport. She was on the Ellen Show hmm. and stuff like that. She was such a big deal, Ronda Rousey, well, at the time. The commentator says, doesn't he, uh, as, as she's starting to kind of look a little tired at, towards the end of the first round, because she wouldn't touch gloves, which I just thought, come on. Because Holly's. You know, seemed very much the sports person, and yep. and in the stare downs and that Ronda was like on the media stuff. Ronda was being really, really mean, and it was like, well, this is not cool. Uh, and then quite quickly, it just felt that Holly just established her range, and Ronda just couldn't get in, and she was just making so many mistakes and getting caught every time she came in. And I think it's then that um, it's not Rogan. Um, I can't think who was the other commentator then literally says it's not easy being a rock star and yeah and ronda was a legit superstar then wasn't she she was the yeah. the face of women's mma and she you know whatever and, you you know love not just hate. women's mma not mm. just she was the face Absolutely. of mma along with like yeah. conor mcgregor and maybe like anton silver yeah. before but but she was the fact wasn't just about female sports it was the sport that's the yeah. most amazing thing about what she did yeah, absolutely. And I think it was that point where, in the first round, when Holly took her down, and it was like, Holly's took her down. That's not what's meant to happen. And I think even when Ronda got her, 
in the clinch, like she was just out of it and was just movement, movement, movement. And I just thought Ronda looked so gassed and was like hands were low, mouth was open, and then that, ah, oh, that, that kick. I mean, she caught with a shot, didn't she? And she looked like she was going down, like yeah. n- not in major trouble. But as she went to sort of reset herself, that kick, that left kick was just on the money. Other than the head kick, the bit about that fight that I remember most vividly is when, like, Ronda comes in with, like, a big hook. Home ducks underneath it. And Hom- uh, Ronda sort of, like, stumbles forward into the fence onto her onto knees. Her knees. Yeah. Like, she was swinging so wild and uncontrolled. And you were like... It looked like a professional fighter versus an amateur fighter in that yeah. moment. It was, it was so amazing, the gulf in the, the striking capabilities um, when you were talking about Ronda Rousey, who was this unbelievable, unstoppable champion at the time. So that is my number five, and I'll tell you later what it just edged out. But you've just given away what your number one is. Uh, but uh, but <laughs> oh, let's just move on. Go on, yeah, go on. Just move, uh, should we move on to four? Okay. Okay, okay. shall I do four first and then you do... It's probably going to be my it. number two. Yep, go uh, for yeah. it. Okay, um, what do I pick? I am going to go for... Oh, screw it. I'm going to go for Masvidal on Askren. Oh, uh, no, I've not got that in mind. It's one of my you not? mentions. So, Masvidal on Askren. Firstly, it's the fastest KO in UFC history. Secondly, Ben Askren was undefeated at the time. I know he'd spent most of his time in Bellator and won championship, but he was a champion in both those organisations. Comes over to the UFC, fights Robbie Lawler. In a bit of an iffy fight, there was controversy over the stoppage. He looked like he was in big trouble with Robbie early on. So he didn't come into this fight looking... um, The sheen on his undefeated record had been taken off just ever so slightly, but he was still... Undefeated, he was fighting a guy that at the time I think you would say, okay, Masvidal came off the till win. But other than the till win, Masvidal had been out for a while. He wasn't anyway this kind of unstoppable killer. He'd lost a lot of fights by decision. And I think people were thinking, oh, Askren's just going to maul Masvidal. Like, Masvidal's got no chance. And the, the, it was so many aspects of that short, short clip. The way he's standing, leaning against the fence with his hands behind his back, just looking at him going, I know something you don't know. Yeah. And it was just magic. And then the training video comes out later where he'd been rehearsing that and practicing it over and over and over again. It was the only way he won that fight, in my opinion. Like, looking back on it, if you do Askren Masvidal ten times and you tell tell Askren, just just sidestep at the start. Don't go for a takedown at the start. Just let him run at you and, and and then... I think Askren wins eight, nine times out of ten. I think Askren would have just taken him down and mauled him. To land that knee in the way that he did, it was so shocking and so fast. And it was just, it was, I think John Annick screams, that's one of the best knockouts you'll ever see. And you're just like, yeah, it is. So it's in my top yeah. five. Um, I, I, I think that's got to go in there. And all the beef beforehand was like there was yeah. so much in, on, on the media stuff for that and obviously yeah. like he just couldn't just walk away after that knockout either no Still he had, had to land to a few of... extra strikes <laughs> and it was the fact that as well didn't am I right in remembering that he 
he put his, sort of both his hands to the side of his head as if he'd gone to sleep and, uh, and, and was literally just still giving it to Askren as he was unconscious on the floor. Oh, I, I remember him tapping on the ground saying, that's what you get, or something that like that. That was it, that something was it, like that. yeah. And, um, I mean, and was, that when he, was that when he coined the whole, like, baptised or something like that? Was that Did that <laughs> yeah. come out of that as well? That was just, yeah, I mean, it was... It was what made him a star. The till knockout yeah. was unexpected, I think. Incredible, though. But Great very, knockout. very good. And that Askren knockout made him the star that he is. Um, mm. So, yeah. Masvidal Askren, number four for me. Okay, right. So, this is my number four. Uh, I'm going Vegas. I'm going December 2015. UFC 194. UFC featherweight championship. I'm going Conor Aldo. Yeah. yeah. Did it make your five? It's made my five, yeah. Okay. So I've got, it, I've got it ranked higher than you. Yeah. I, it, it, again, shock value. Much like the Ronda home. Like, we all knew that, that Conor was on this absolute tear. Um, but I think deep down a lot of us thought, yeah, you ain't fought Aldo yet. And then I think... When all, I mean, the media around that was possibly the biggest media we've seen for anything oh. previously in UFC. It was ridiculous. You know, the, the, the grabbing of the belt and like the, the, the world tour, really, of the media show, wasn't it? Yeah, it was they've like never really done that. And I think when you watch that fight and you see Connor coming out, I mean, he's a very self confident young man, uh, but he looked like there was no way he was losing that night. And that, that moment, when they're in the octagon about to go, and, and I think the commentators mention it as well, that they say, oh, Aldo looks like the pressure's got to him. And he just didn't have... I mean, not many people have got the confidence of Conor McGregor, but he looked... He he looked uncomfortable, I thought, Aldo. Uh, and, and we're obviously huge fans of, of, of Jose on this, this podcast, and he's legit, and he's on a proper tear at the moment, far more of a tear than Conor McGregor's gone on to to do um and i just couldn't believe it like 13 seconds and that that it, like, i don't even think aldo overcommitted or anything because he connected with his shot as well mm-hmm. but connor's straight left was just so sweet and it was like that was the one when i think i woke the family up because i was watching it downstairs and was just like one of them holy shit, like, just could not believe what I was seeing. It was like, he's just knocked out Jose Aldo in 13 seconds. That doesn't happen. And just, you know, run round the octagon, got up on the cage, and it was like, mate, you know, why should we ever doubt Connor again? Yeah, it was it was just so special, wasn't it? I mean, the, as you say, the lead up to that fight, he and it was when Connor was at his absolute best at promoting himself. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. He was incredibly funny, coming out with brilliant one-liners, but also really vicious in it as well. Like that, was it, he was saying to him, which is like, was that mean like I'm, you're dead or I'm going to kill you or something in Portuguese. Yeah. And then he was talking on the mat, like, like saying he spoke in his native tongue and all this stuff. And it's just all this stuff that just captured the imagination of like fight fans everywhere. And he kind of had something for everyone. He had his moments where he was doing stuff like that, where the kind of really hardcore fans that love the idea of um, these two kind of like alpha athletes coming together and someone saying that kind of stuff, you you can enjoy that. Yeah. But equally, if you just loved his funnier moments, like there's that moment when they're, I don't know where they are, but they're doing part of their press tour and Aldo sat in front of him yeah. and Connor just puts his hands and massages his shoulders a little bit and he's like, ooh, like that. And just like, God, he doesn't give a shit, does he? He's not scared of him. And I think Aldo's opponents prior to that I don't want to say scared of him, but gave him so much respect because of what he'd done. He was like the WEC champion. He was the only UFC featherweight champion up until that point, I think. And he was unstoppable. He was unbelievable. And what Connor did to him was just so unexpected. And even in Connor's run, people were saying... But he's been given favourable matchups. He had the Dennis Seaver match. He's not really fought a wrestler yet. No one knew really what Dustin Poirier and Max Holloway would become. And yeah. so those losses back then weren't... Those wins, sorry, back then weren't given the credibility that they do today. Sure. So everyone was talking about, oh, he's not really beat this person, he's not beat that person. He only fought Chad Mendes because Aldo dropped out and he fought a Chad Mendes that took that fight on like 10 days notice or yeah. less or whatever it was. Um, so there was a lot of question marks still about Connor and is he really that good? So to do that to Aldo, just I think, was just shocking. And it's the shock value of it that is why I've actually ranked it higher than what you've had. Okay. Well, I don't think Aldo had ever been had any kind of major press. Um, what's the word? Uh, commitments previously for fights. I'm sure yeah. he would have had to have done the standard UFC press that everybody else had done, and this must have just also been an exhausting yeah. tour, just doing that. And you've constantly got this maniac 
like terrorising you. And like, I think he got into his head. And, and I just think we didn't, well, we don't know if he was ever going to see the, the, you know, classic Jose in that fight because it didn't get beyond 13 seconds. But yeah, it again, to, to echo a bit of what you just said as well, it just, no, it was just huge and shocking and just a massive upset. And it, yeah, it just fanned the flames of the, the Conor McGregor uh, madness. And yeah, so that's my number four. Um, so your number three now, please. No, you do your three. I feel like we should take it in turns. Oh, okay. Oh, have you not picked it? You sitting oh, on the I'm fence? Oh, fancy, fancy with him. Aldo, and I've done home, uh, and I've done Hendrix. Uh, you haven't right, done home. So, Home's your number one, isn't it? Yeah. So I've got two left that I haven't that we haven't spoke about. Oh, go uh, on. All right. Uh, Would you so want I'm, me to do my three then? Uh, yeah, go for it. All right, all right. Because <sighs> I'm still a little bit torn about what's going to be my number one. Now, oh, screw it. All right, so my number three, oh, I'm worried about this. <laughs> oh, I'm worried about it. I keep, I'm chopping and changing my mind all the time. Um, right, okay, yeah. My number three is going to be Yair Rodriguez, Korean Zombie. Uh, good shout. Yeah, have you got that on yours? No, it's in honourable mentions. Oh, mate. So, Yair Rodriguez fighting Korean Zombie. Firstly, he's losing that fight. Five rounds of that fight. He's losing. He's going to lose. And on like four minutes and 59 seconds of round number five in a fight that Yair is losing... Zombie just, I mean, I don't know how many nights he lies awake wishing he'd just stepped back a bit and like circled the cage or something. But he went for him. He went, drove forward. And Jair Rodriguez threw a strike I've never, ever seen before or since, really. He ducks down and lifts his elbow at like, like vertically and clips Korean Zombie's chin on the way in. And Korean Zombie just completely folds and he's sparked out. I, I just don't know where that came from. It was just so unique. I've just never seen it. And it's those kinds of knockouts that get me so excited when you're just watching something and you've never seen that before. And you just go, the creativity, how someone has thought, what I'm going to do is drop down and throw my elbow vertically like behind me and expect this person to run onto it. It's just madness. Uh, it is, and, and I imagine that most people that listen to this podcast are, are probably well up to speed on all of these KOs, but if for some reason you've never seen that, I know Blake's been doing his best to explain it, but I don't think you can explain it well enough, anybody, without seeing it, because it's so unorthodox, and you've never seen anything like it before or since in the UFC, that you just need to go and look at this move, because... I don't know if that's trained anywhere. I don't know if he'd ever trained that or that was just off the cuff. Like, oh, hang on, oh, I'm down here. I'm, I'm just going to throw this from here and see what happens. And But it wasn't like he was down. He didn't get taken down or put down or fall yeah. down. He went down to throw that elbow. Like, yeah. you can't do that in sparring. Yeah. Like, what, what, where's that come from? I oh, know. 
it was amazing. It was the creativity, the imagination was just incredible. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a great shout, mate. That's a great shout. Right, so my number three, um, I'm going to go for back in 2012, UFC 142, Edson Barbosa versus Terry Item. Uh, uh, that that was my. Remember when I was saying I don't know whether to go five? It was home Rousey or Barbosa Etim. <laughs> I mean, Liverpool's and, yeah. finest Etim like had a bad night in the office that night. It's it's one of them ones that is never going to disappear. It's going to be like highlight reel forever. Spinning wheel kick, like absolute hungry prime Barbosa just sending shockwaves through the, the MMA community with that. And the fact that it looks so slick and so smooth and it just graceful as well. It was just a perfect spinning wheel kick. And you just see uh, Terry Eaton just go down and he's rigid. And he's almost like his head's not on the canvas. He's like he's almost sort of like in a sort of like crunch position. He's just rigid. And now when you think, oh my god, and oh that I think stamped Barboza on the map as like whoa, this guy. Whenever he comes to fight, you're gonna get exciting. You're gonna see exciting stuff. And and we've seen it since. We've seen him throw some amazing combinations. And and his legs are always an absolute threat. But yeah, this was the one, and and yeah, I love it. There's there's a lot to be said with these knockouts and stuff for like how the person looks when they get knocked out, and that that moment where Etim goes back and he's like stiff as a board as he falls back. It's like I mean, obviously you're just hoping God. I I hope he's okay. I hope there's no long term damage. All those kinds of things, but. It does when 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 your opponent goes down in a specific way that looks unusual or different or like they've really just shut off. It does make the knockout look visually more terrifying. It's got well, like that wow factor, yeah. hasn't it? It's but like it's got that wow factor. Yeah, that it's just it's just visually more stunning. Yeah. When when an opponent goes down in a certain way, when they they fold or go down stiff or anything like that, and it had that, it had that, and I say that the way he and what's amazing about that moment is Joe Rogan's commentary is timed to perfection because I think he's talking about like Etim, you know, not wanting to engage too much because he's scared of getting knocked out because <laughs> the will get happens as he says the word <laughs> yeah, knocked yeah, out, yeah. and um. Yeah, so there's so many little factors in that that just, yeah, is that it, that was I was really unsure whether to go with Barbosa Etim or Home Rousey, and I lent towards Home Rousey, but I'm glad you've got him in your top five because that was a special one. Absolutely, absolutely. What you got next, mate? Well, my number two is Conor Aldo. Oh, okay. That's my okay. number two. So we've we've spoken about that at length, but again, just it's not. It's not that the the hook was anything amazingly special in terms of just the technique. If that was on the prelims, people would go, oh, that was a good knockout, but not really think about it. It was the weight of everything behind it and Absolutely. what that meant to the future 
of the UFC as a whole because of what Connor achieved transcending the sport in the manner that he did. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my number two. What's your number two? It's my number one. I've done four now. So this oh, is yeah. So I've got run me through yours again. So you've got. Uh, so I started with um, what did I start with? Um, Johnny Hendricks versus Martin Campman. Uh, then I had um, I had Razzie home at number one. Uh, I'd done Connor Aldo at three and at four. I had uh, sorry uh, at three and I've had done Barbosa versus Terry Tim as well. Uh, so the only one left of my five, uh, which I had at number two, UFC 100. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 2009, Hendo versus Bispin. How dare you? How fucking dare you, you horrible, horrible man. <laughs> How dare you? I'm not even finding I, that funny. I know we've had Mike on the show and it was amazing. Uh, it was amazing. I know, I know. But he actually put a thing up the other day on his socials uh, and it showed that knockout and, uh, and it showed the, uh, the knee from Silva. Uh, and then it obviously then shows um, Mike getting the, uh, the, the, the the getting his hands on on, on Rockhold and, and winning the the title. But I, I just want to talk about the fact that this one I put for more. It was brutal. It's not and even it, in my honourable mentions. Like, no, you stop I'm, looking at I'm, me I'm, like I, I don't I'm like I've done something so wrong. Sick. You have. I'm sickened by you right now. <laughs> I'm so disappointed in you. Right. Well, I'm not going to lie. Right, Mike. If you're listening, like I'm going to ditch you. He's gone. <laughs> He's fucking gone. I'm if, so I, if, I was, if I was laying down, right. Uh, unconscious in front of you now would you fly through the air and stick a forearm on the top of my head 100 <laughs> percent, and then i'd use it as my logo as well <laughs> well the reason i chose this was it's not my number one it's my number two but it was just because of i think pre-connor you know the, the way that you would really whip up people into a frenzy was with the ultimate fire uh and that season Hendo's very much a kind of calm, seems like a really nice dude. And um, um, Bispin wasn't that guy. Bispin was antagonising him and, and doing what Bispin done, getting into their head and, like, and just winding them up, like winding their, like, um, Hendo's fighters up and stuff like that. And I'm sure Michael Bispin will be agreeing with me that he'd done everything he could in them situations to get into Hendo's head and antagonise him and, and, and do what he could do. And so it just felt that Hendo seemed to just think, right, I'm going to save with this and I'm going to, I'm going to do a number on you. Uh, my God, he did. Um, three minutes, 20, round two. He just throws that right hand over the top and Bisping goes down 
not as rigid as as, as Terry Etting, but goes down hard and he's clearly out. And I think I don't I can't remember if it's Herb or not. Uh, no ref can get there in time before Hendo does some kind of flying Superman kind of body splash something, but just slams his kind of forearm like right into uh, an unconscious uh, Bispin's head, which is it was so fucking brutal. And, and it was unnecessary, that second shot. Like, that fight was over and was going to be stopped. But I think Hendo said something, like, post-fight, like, you know, that he, he needed that one. Like, that was, like, I think he's like, you, you've wound me up so much that that one was, was to, yeah, shut you up. I think that's exactly what he said. That one was to shut him up. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not... I'm sure... There's lots of people that are friends with Michael Bisping that would choose choose that as one of the most remarkable like, mental knockouts ever because it was so brutal and it was after such beef as well and and it was almost like the quiet guy getting his own back on the guy that had been poking him for the last you know however many months that that tough run so yeah that's my that's my number two you're not talking to me anymore are you no I I actually I kind of hate that knockout if I'm honest. <laughs> I do, because we were talking about that thing of going like stiff as a board when you go down and stuff like that. He went down, as you say, not like Etim, but sort of like that. But then what you see when he lands that forearm body splash strike that you described so well was... <laughs> I don't know. What would you, how would you describe that? What no, I actually it? genuinely thought it was quite a good description. Um, it does look like a WWF move, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and But when that impacts... You see Michael go, like, extra rigid and almost kind of like his chin kind of goes up and, and it's kind of like he lets out, um, so, I don't know, some kind of exhale of air, some, like, impactful exhale of air. And it just, it's one of those ones where I go, oh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't, that, that sometimes I go, that's a bit too far. I mean, maybe I'm slightly biased because... You know, I'm a big British MMA fan and I want to see all the Brits do well and Michael's the only champ we've had and, you know, he it, it just looks so nasty what happened to him there. Um, but, yeah, I... Uh yeah, I'm not a not a fan. That's not even on my honourable mention. So I want to swiftly move on from that horrific, horrific pick you just, you just had there. <laughs> um, I'll go to my number one because I've actually done this in order. Uh, I'll go to my number one. And I've gone for just some real-life ninja shit, as John Gooden would would say. Um, It's not got any huge gravitas over the fight or even the fighters involved. It is just... I don't know, just... a feast of delights on the eyes. It is Joaquin Buckley versus Impa Kasanganai. And that moment where Kasanganai caught his kick. And then from one standing leg, Joaquin Buckley just spun, kicked Kasanganai in the face. And again, he was shut down, stood up, and then just fell. <laughs> I've never seen anything like that in my life. That is something you only see in action movies. Yeah. You don't see that shit in real life. And it was 
phenomenal. That's such a good shout, man. It was just outrageous. You just don't see that. Yeah. Uh, that was like a that that may never that genuinely like all the hooks, the high kicks, the spinning wheel kicks. Like there's other spinning wheel kicks. I think like um, uh, Vitor Belfort had had one maybe. I can't remember. Right, Uriah Hall. Well, that was more of a um, less than a wheel kick and more of like a spinning back kick type thing. It was more like where the, the foot plants on the face rather than spinning and wheeling around and hitting with the heel. Um, unless we're talking about two different knockouts. I'm talking about Uriah Hall in The Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, I thought that he was a heel strike. I thought that was... No, I think it was more of a spinning back kick one right. to the face. Um, but even so, like that was still a, a cracking knockout. I didn't really include that because it was in The Ultimate Fighter House as well, yeah. but that was a great knockout. But um, but this one, you may never, ever see again. We see spinning elbows. We see wheel kicks. We see high kicks. I don't even know what that would... Is there a name for that? Ninja shit. Ninja shit. Damn right that's the name for it, Stu. <laughs> You've just pu- pulled yourself back from that horrible pick. Ninja shit kick. That was fucking great. Um, that Yeah, I mean... Yeah, that's that's my number one. It was just... I just I remember watching it went viral and I just remember watching it and showing everyone that I saw yeah. like for the next couple of weeks have you seen this yeah and it was just incredible lovely well look let's do some some honourable shouts we haven't got to break them down but uh, I've got a few that that almost made it and uh, and so we, we, we'll tag team it I'll, I'll throw yeah. one in you throw one in I'm going to yeah. start. Um, I'm going to go with Molly versus Carolina. Uh, Me too. Was... I had that. All right. There I we go. I think that was the first ever or maybe even only ever spinning elbow knockout by a female mixed martial artist Absolutely. in UFC. Yeah. So that's up there. Uh, yep. Yeah. What else you got? Uh, Anson Silva, Vitor Belfort. That front oh. kick to the face. I mean, yeah, that mate. nearly made it for me. I was just, yeah, uh, that, was, that was special. Who's the Vitor knockout where... Is it on he... Luke Rockhold? Where he just goes left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right. right oh, that's on Vandalay Silva. On Vandalay, yeah. That's on Vandalay right Silva. Right across the octagon. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, like, that was But great. I think the rock hold, that was... Uh, that was, was that a uh, spinning wheel kick? It was, wasn't it? But that was uh, the new and improved and, and, and jacked Vitor, wasn't it? He was <laughs> just come back a terrifying monster then. Yeah. Um, I'm going to throw one in. Uh, I'm going to go uh, Rose uh, versus Zhang. Uh, that head oh, kick. Oh, I never thought of that. Yeah, that's a good mm. one. I like that one. Um, I'm going to go a little bit. Uh, I'm going to go outside the UFC, the only outside the UFC one we have, I think. Raymond Daniels, and I don't even know who it was against, but it's that one where he spins around <laughs> yeah. thinking he's going to do some ninja shit kick, and then all of a sudden he just lands and sparks him with a right hand, and you're like, Absolutely. what was that? That is I special. Was- I was chatting to one of my doormen on Friday, Reese, and he's a huge fan. I was going like, "What would yours be?" And like, and he went for the Yair Rodriguez uh, uh, zombie, yeah, and then he mentioned that, and I was like, "Yes, because you think it's going to be the kick," and he was like, "And then it's just boom," and it's like, and it's so cool the way he just yeah. walks away as well. Yeah, what's the deal? Is is there more? UFC action from him because he he, he made his he, he fought didn't he a little while ago? I'm Not like, in the I'm UFC like, in Bellator. Ah, oh, it was Bellator. Wasn't Bellator. It? Raymond Daniels Bellator, but he's just he's just signed with Karate Combat. I just see that they've announced the yeah. fight for him, haven't they? In Karate yeah. Combat, like he's the last couple of days. I'm gonna throw in uh, Usman Masvidal. Yeah, 
That doesn't do it for me. No? No, everyone goes I thought it was one of the that. best right crosses I've ever seen. Yeah, I don't, know, I don't think Masvidal have been knocked out before, so there's that. I don't know, it's just a right hand. I don't know, it just didn't... Like, it didn't have the furore and the excitement of, like, Conor Aldo. It, it didn't... I don't feel like it's had any huge implications to anything going forward. Yes, it was a good right hand. I don't know, it, it just doesn't excite High me High-profile win for Usman. Yeah, but he'd already beaten Masvidal once. Hmm. Not with a highlight reel like that. No, not with a highlight reel. But I don't. I suppose what it was as well is that I've never been a huge believer that Masvidal could be a champion. Hmm. And so when Connor did what he did to Aldo, you're like, "What the fuck has just happened?" Yeah. Like this guy that people were thinking was overrated has just taken out a guy that's been the champion for like nine years or whatever. Yeah. Like that was special. Yeah. Usman was already on his way to being pound for pound great and Masvidal earned his title shot sort of through a little loophole here and there and the the second fight I don't think ever really should have happened. Mm. So I think I've also just got that thing of like nothing against Usman and not taking yeah. away from the quality of Usman's shot but more did Masvidal deserve to be there? Probably not. So. It wasn't ninja shit. I understand why you're not really into yeah, it. Yeah, it's not ninja shit. It's not ninja shit. You got um, any more? Yeah. Um, Lyoto Machida, Randy Couture. Uh, again, like like the, the 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 front kick, much like the Vitos. Like, yeah, but but different. More like because he had that skip with it, where mm. he kind of faked the right leg and hit him with the left leg, or vice versa. Yeah, that's. I love that. I love oh, that kick. That was oh, great. I would have watched. Uh, Leoto was my absolute favourite fighter at that point. Yeah. What ass. Incredible. Incredible legs on that man. Yeah. Could kick as well. Oh. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you got any more? No. I've got one more. I've got Go one on, more. Mate. What you got? Because he's, you know, he's he's one of our best friends now that he came on the show and is like okay. such a wonderful, lovely man. Um, Corey Sandhagen, Frankie Edgar. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That was... I mean, I know no one likes to see bad things happen to Frankie Edgar because yeah. he's a, a legend. Mm. But again, the way he timed that knee and again just walked off and the way Edgar just fell, just fell mm. flat, you're like, wow, that was that was special again. He, he timed that beautifully. And that yeah. was not as ninja as Kasanga and I, but that, that's, that's a bit ninja shit. Absolutely. And, like, what a... Again, like... It was a great name to get on your record to, to to have done that as well to somebody like Frankie Edgar, which I guess you say it's like it's going to break people's hearts because everybody loves Frankie. But I think just the style that he done that in was like it overruled like oh that's Frankie Edgar. It was like oh my god, did you see that? That yeah. knee just come from nowhere and just yeah highlight real knockout uh, and yeah and we love Corey on this show. Are we done? I think we're done. That's our knockout. So just to run through, I had. Home Rousey at five, Masvidal Askren at four, Rodriguez Korean Zombie at three, Connor Aldo at two, and Joaquin Buckley in Bukasanganai as my number one. And I you had, had Hendrix in order. Campman at number five. I had uh, Barbosa Terry Tim at number four. I had Connor Aldo at number three. I had Henderson Bispin at number two, and I had Rousey Home at number one. 
Well, there you go. So, I mean, if anyone's listening and you think we've got that wrong, send us your top five or something on the socials. Um, maybe we'll put out a little thing of like what our top fives are. I don't know. Like, I don't want to give it away though. I want people to listen and hear it. But like, maybe yeah, after yeah, a yeah. few days, we'll we'll put it out or something, and then people you can send us your top fives or any that we've missed. Because again, Absolutely. we have been incredibly UFC heavy on that. Um, maybe there's something somewhere else where you think we should go. But I think. Doing these things in the UFC does matter. It is. It does seem to be the highest level. So, but maybe I, there's some great one championship cage warriors or, or PFL or whatever knockouts that absolutely. you think are. I did are up consider there. MVP, but I thought, you know, what? he shattered yeah. his forehead, so I'm not going to put that in. I know. I mean, the celebration though, the Pokemon celebration. Yeah, I mean I MVP. I mean, even that one on the was it uh, Anderson, the Danish yeah. guy, where he just like squashed his nose with that amazing. Like lead leg kick. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Let MVP. Yeah. Right. We will be back next time. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Uh, as Blake said, send us some, some messages and, and comment on the the, uh, the artwork to this with your top fives. Uh, let's get that conversation going in that thread. Uh, and, yeah, we'll see you next time. 